Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Emily Aston. She is a veterinarian at the University of Georgia. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you, Joe. We had a, a good conversation a couple of months ago about your work with ammonia, which is found in every poultry house, and its relationship with infectious bronchitis. Let's try to get everybody on the same page. Could you give me, a, let's start with a quick recap of, of, of that first study. Sure. What we've been looking at in these, this research has been the effect of ammonia on the response to IBV vaccination and protection against challenge with IBV. And it, IBV is an infectious bronchitis, as you know, and it's ubiquitous in, in all over the world. And ammonia has traditionally been linked to higher incidences of respiratory disease in the wintertime. And it's believed that this happens because the growers will reduce their ventilation in the cold winter months to save energy costs. And then that in turn increases the ammonia levels in the house. And when ammonia levels are higher in the house, uh, we do see adverse effects with poultry. And just focusing on the bird health effects with the upper respiratory system, we tend to see increased mucus production, loss of cilia, which are those hair-like projections that will expel mucus and, and all sorts of pathogens from the tract. And when that gets compromised, it's believed that other diseases or other viruses or bacteria can colonize the tract and cause disease. So there's no question then that ammonia plays a role in respiratory disease? It seems to be, sure. And further studies have shown that ammonia in combination with other stressors like dust in the house or E. coli can help increase the severity of air sac lesions mm. as well as ammonia has been linked to increased susceptibility to infection with upper respiratory viruses like Newcastle disease. So altogether, this provides some pretty convincing evidence that ammonia does have negative effects on bird health. And what we've done in our lab is we've taken this research one step further to see in the context of IBV what role ammonia might play. So what we, we did in our study was we had four groups of birds, birds that were exposed to just the vaccine alone, ammonia alone, or a combination of the two, as well as neither. And we hypothesized that ammonia would have a negative impact on the immune response to IBV and thus make the birds more susceptible to infection. And reduce the effect of the vaccine. That, that's what you thought would happen. That's what we thought, exactly. And we were surprised when we saw that birds that had been vaccinated were completely protected against challenge. And what that meant was ammonia had no effect um, when you looked at the birds that were vaccinated. But on the other hand, birds that weren't vaccinated had a higher incidence of air sacculitis. And what we know about air sacculitis and IBV is that typically air sacculitis will follow infection with IBV. And that's not good for the grower because birds aren't gaining weight as fast and then they get condemned at the processing plant. So what we wanted to do now in this study was consider what role or what, how the ammonia is affecting the immune response to IBV vaccination and, and or how it might not be. And to see if it would lead to an increase in, in, in the incidence of air sacculitis. So tell me what you found. So in this study, we, we focused our 
efforts on the mucosal immune response. And the mucosal immune response, or the local immune response, is different from systemic immune response in that it, it acts as the first line of defense, if you will, against infection with the virus, IBV. IBV has to enter through the mucosal tissues. It will infect the cells and then if it's not contained, sometimes it can disseminate throughout the body and cause problems elsewhere. So there are many tissues involved in the mucosal immune response. And one of the tissues that is particularly important is called the Hardarian gland. And that's located behind the eye. And it secretes antibodies that will end up in the tears. And it also contains a number of immune cells that are capable of mounting an immune response in the face of a pathogen. So now what we did is in our study, we looked at markers of the immune response in the Hardarian gland. But before we go there, I just want to give a couple minutes uh, review of IBV immunity. Yeah, it, let's it walk us through that because we need to get everybody on the same page with mm -hmm. that as well. It can be pretty convoluted, but just simply put, when a bird gets exposed to IBV for the first time, it will mount a cell-mediated immune response. And that's typically dominated in the IBV infection by cytotoxic or CD8 T cells. And these cells are capable of directly destroying or killing virus-infected cells. Now, there's other cells involved in the immune response. There's a CD4 T cells, also known as helper T cells. And those T cells are able to link recognition of the virus with recruitment and activation of other immune cells that will then destroy the virus. Then there's the B cells, and B cells secrete antibodies that are important for neutralizing the virus, as well as engaging other processes that will end up uh, killing the virus. Now, what happens when the bird is exposed to the virus for the second time? So now, practically speaking, that means these birds were vaccinated against challenge, and then they were challenged with a homologous or similar strain of IBV. These birds already recognize IBV, so they've had the ability to develop memory. These birds ideally will neutralize the virus before it even has a chance to infect the cells in the mucosal tissues. And they rely on antibody-mediated responses. So antibodies need to be secreted in mucosal tissues that are capable of identifying the virus, neutralizing it, and curbing infection. That would be the perfect scenario. Exactly, that would be the perfect scenario. Tell us more about, first, tell us why you felt a need to, to take a look at that. Why is that important? We felt that it would be important to look at these parameters because they have been identified as being important in immunity to IBV. Of course, the immune system is full of things we know, which is about this much, and things we don't know, which is about this much. So we had to start somewhere. And we needed to start uh, somewhere where we could build off of other research as well. And what we, what we then did was we looked at the Hardarian gland and we considered certain markers of the immune response. And we looked at things like the titer of IgA antibody that's secreted in the tears, and IgA is known to be very important in mucosal immune responses. We also looked at the percent of the immune cells, or leukocytes, in the Hardarian gland, and the percent of B cells and CD8 and CD4 T cells, which we mentioned 
are important in the cell-mediated immune response. And what we found was that ultimately ammonia had no effect on any of these immune parameters. Really? So that doesn't mean that ammonia has no effect on the immune response, let's get that clear, but of the, of the parameters that we considered, ammonia had no effect. But what we did find were some vaccine-related effects, which is what we expected, and they, mm -hmm, they, they confirmed previous literature and then helped us also understand a little bit more about the dynamics of the immune response and in terms of what time during infection we see a rise or proliferation of a certain type of cell and then it will drop down to baseline levels, but then another cell type might rise. And so what we found was following vaccination, we saw a cytotoxic T-cell responses, or those CD8 T-cell responses. That's what we know of IBV immunity following primary exposure. When birds that had not been vaccinated, but then they were challenged, we saw that these birds had very dramatic immune responses, and that at five days post-challenge, which is in IBV, that's when the peak of viral replication occurs. And coinciding with that peak of viral replication, we saw a dramatic increase in the percent of leukocytes that were colonizing the Hardarian gland at five days. And we also saw a dramatic increase in the percent of B cells. And then following that, 10 to 14 days post-challenge, which is when we stopped being able to uh, recognize viruses, excuse me, we couldn't isolate the virus in PCR anymore. And during that time, we saw a dramatic increase in IgA uh, antibody in the tears, as well as some more CD8 T cells, which are important in, in the primary, especially the primary immune response. Now, in birds that had been vaccinated and were challenged, what we saw was an almost complete lack of immune activation okay. in these cells in the parameters that we measured. And what this would indicate or suggest in this study is that these birds were able to effectively neutralize the virus before it even had a chance to establish infection. And that's ideally what we want to see. Exactly. So what we were able to show was that birds that were vaccinated properly have almost no activation of the immune response. We saw a slight blip in a couple of parameters, but they showed no clinical signs, they were healthy as can be, and so what we saw was, was great. And this didn't matter whether they had been exposed to ammonia or whether they were not exposed to ammonia. So there's a lot more to be learned about and a lot more to be studied, but this is what we found. And so what would be the, the takeaway messages? I mean, obviously it says vaccines work, perhaps even better than we thought, um, but what, what can the poultry industry draw out of this? What kind of changes, if any, should they, they be considering in their approach to infectious bronchitis? What I mentioned in our last conversation was our recommendations to the industry were that ammonia is still important and it, it can cause respiratory issues as well as other health issues. So we still need to work to reduce ammonia levels. Increasing ventilation is a big step, making sure that the houses are properly ventilated, as well as maximizing vaccine coverage. So we want to make sure that all the birds 
as many as we can possibly vaccinate are properly vaccinated. And that will increase their chances of success of uh, reducing the incidence of aerosaculitis in the house. Now, I know that just generating an immune response requires energy. Um, that can, can, of course, interfere sometimes with growth rate and feed conversion. It, it, did you look at that element of, of um, production? I mean, it could, could you see any correlation between um, ammonia and then ammonia plus vaccinated and, and just what kind of impact it had on the overall performance of the birds? We saw some differences. Of course, you, you tend to see some reduced weight gain with ammonia exposure. This didn't affect their ability to respond to the challenge virus, but it's well known that ammonia causes reduced weight gain. So a certain level of ammonia in the house is important to maintain, though this was not within the scope of our project. It was just a side observation we made. We did weigh the birds, and we, we found that there was some depression in weight gain. I know the poultry industry appreciates it as well, so you've done a great job, and best of luck to you. Thank you, Joe. We've been talking to Emily Aston. She is a veterinarian at the University of Georgia. Again, Emily, thanks for coming by. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure. Mm -hmm.